for you. Come for me. You've been lied to about raw milk. I'm telling you, I go every single week. This is a little weird story, but I go every single week to the same like local health food store that gets it delivered. It, when I tell you it is the hunger games for raw milk here, I don't know why. I don't even know who the heck is snagging it up. The demand insane. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Wholehearted Health Podcast. I'm so happy you're here. I'm your host, Elsie Seberg, holistic nutritionist and certified health and wellness coach. And we will be chatting on this show all about things nutrition, mindset, fitness, and food to help you find your most natural balance and feel completely at peace, confident, and free by making sense of one topic at a time. Ah, welcome back. I've been really transparent that like podcasting has taken a back burner this year. We're already like deep into February 2024, which is crazy. But I've wanted to make sure that the episodes I'm putting out for you guys are quality and things that I feel like are relevant and helpful and valuable. And my honestly head has just been spinning lately just with things going on. However, this is a good thing because I feel like I've been in a super transformative era this year, just like focusing on auditing my own routines, doing things that make me happy, that are just kind of filling my cup, focusing on current clients, focusing on relationships and friends and things that have kind of led me to several new pursuits, which has been fun. I feel like I've been trying to get out of my comfort zone, which is always good. You know, back in my making sourdough era, also raw milk. We're going to talk about that today before y'all come for me. You've been lied to about raw milk. I'm telling you, I go every single week. This is a little weird story, but I go every single week to the same like local health food store that gets it delivered. It, when I tell you it is the hunger games for raw milk here, I don't know why. I don't even know who the heck is snagging it up. The demand insane right? So I call them when I leave my workout, usually at like eight or nine in the morning on Mondays, I call them and I say, did you get it in yet? Sometimes this old, I think last week, this old guy answered it. He goes, yes, hurry, hurry, hurry. And I was like joking because it really is a mad dash. Like I will go twice a day sometimes to try to get it and I'll miss the delivery and it'll be gone like instantaneously. But I go every week to this same store and I've seen this gorgeous girl that I've like ran into two or three times now with the, she checks out in front of me and she has the same like grocery haul that I would be purchasing. Right. And I'm like, okay, did we just become best friends? I think next time I'm going to go make friends with her because it's just bound to happen. We're going to be soulmates on raw milk. This has been something that like I would, I think it was like in high school. Um, I stopped drinking milk. I think I just got grossed out by it. I don't know. I grew up drinking probably skim milk with dinner. You know, it was like milk or juice. And I was usually a juice girl, but I would drink milk sometimes, right? And I want to just articulate something to you. So I was drinking almond milk for a long time because it was like, you know, low calorie, whatever, whatever, whatever. I've recently gotten away from that. Will I still have it? Yes. But sometimes I just really like realize, all right, do I need to be drinking xanthan gum or whatever? Most of the time I don't get any additives in the one I buy, but I do want to try to just make changes where I can, right? So I had seen all the hype about raw milk and because it's not pasteurized, the nutrients is still 
alive, right? When you pasteurize something, when you heat it, you kill the nutrients or a lot of it, or it becomes inactive. So raw milk not only has like more bioavailable vitamins, so think like A, E, D, K2, vitamin C, B vitamins. It also has minerals, magnesium, calcium, phosphorus, zinc, probiotics, enzymes, antibodies, and immune factors. So it literally is a powerhouse of nutrients. And I have not really had, I would, I would say if I like during my more disordered eating phase, I would have some issues digesting like ice cream, but I think my gut was just so like, all I ate was lean protein and vegetables. Like my gut was a mess anyways. But when we process milk, it takes a lot of the benefits out. And it's also really harder to digest in raw milk. It naturally contains lactase, you guys. So people who are like adding lactase or taking lactate to their dairy, because they don't digest it well, or they're lactose intolerant, like, hello, raw milk contains that naturally. So a lot of times people who even have issues with real dairy don't have issues with raw milk. I would even start with like a goat's milk if you're really like, uh, like I'm wary, but I would try it out. I'm telling It also contains eight essential and 22 total amino acids. So it's got a really awesome macronutrient profile, right? It's got protein, it's got carbs, it's got fats. It's very balanced. So it's, that means it's really good for your blood sugar. Um, but I also find because it's got the enzymes, it can even help protect against like viruses, candida, because it's going to help improve your gut and your immune function, right? It's got all, it's covering all the bases. A lot of the studies have even shown lower rates of respiratory issues, skin issues, a boosted immune system, so you're not going to get sick as often. And I personally, since consistently drinking it, I've literally had like the best hormonal like several months to the point where I don't have any PMS symptoms and I normally don't. However, but like my, I can tell, and you know this, if you are somebody who's not on birth control, you can tell like when your libido and your ovulation is like strong as heck, like meaning you're actually going to produce progesterone, but you can just tell when you feel those shifts and you're like, dear Lord in heaven. Um, (laughs) yes, I do other things. You know, I'm taking care of myself in many other ways. I'm managing my stress. It's not just due to this, but I do think adding in a lot more variety and this type of just nutrient powerhouse to my diet has helped a lot. So if you are curious and you're looking to get some of your own, realmilkfinder.com, I will link it in the show notes, but you can find it near you. A lot of times local farms will have it. And if you do some digging, I bet you can find some in your area. Since we're on the topic of like some of my routines, um, I actually was writing out the show notes for this, talking about raw milk. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to reiterate a couple things about my red light because that's one of the things I get so many questions on. And I actually talk about light health, which sounds weird, with my clients a lot because of the benefits. And I've done episodes on red light therapy, on sleep etc. But I've been using my red light. Shout out to EMR Tech. They're great. I've been using one from them for years. I've also used, I used to use it in the morning, but I've recently switched probably within the last two, three months to using it at nighttime because I 
found that I, so I don't have red light bulbs. I have just normal artificial light bulbs in my room. And I would turn my phone screen to red at night to avoid any artificial or blue light. Because when we have that stimulating effect from screens or overhead lights, it's going to give our body the sign like, hey, it's daytime still. So it's going to produce more cortisol. What happens when we produce more cortisol? We don't produce melatonin. So I was finding that when I was trying to, you know, lower and regulate my cortisol levels, I wanted to just use, to eliminate as much artificial light as possible. So I'd use my red light at night in my room as a lamp. So that I found was actually really helpful. And I started to really sleep like a lot better. I wasn't getting the second wind. I'm going to bed like so, like at such a good time, like before 10, almost every night, like 1030 at the latest, except for occasionally on the weekend because I'm 25. But as I'm getting ready for bed, I switch on that. I want to note that on the EMR tech, a lot of the models have the red and the near infrared on separate settings. So I just do the red setting. It's less bright, simulate the sunset. So I personally love it because it's kind of a double whammy. I will still use both the near infrared and the red in the morning to get the effects, you know, the benefits for my skin and all of that stuff. But it does not have the stimulating effect, right? So it's not going to be the same as sunlight. So even if you're using it in the morning, you still want to be trying to get sunlight, right? It's not, it's not the same, but this is for your circadian health, lowering cortisol at nighttime when it should be dropping off just because it's helping you avoid blue light. And it's kind of, yeah, telling your body like, oh, sun setting, like the red light is not going to tell your body to produce more cortisol. It's actually going to help with melatonin production. So the reason it's good for your circadian rhythm is because it helps protect you from the disruptive light, among other things, right? There's so many benefits of red light. Like I said, I've had episodes, circulation, lowering inflammation levels, boosting cell and brain health, fertility, hormones, improved skin, anti-aging, hair growth. I recently read a study about the benefits of red light on um, alopecia patients, which is crazy. Wound healing, so many more things. So always an advocate for red light, but when you use it can be helpful. So this was just something that I found. I switched up my routine and I actually really like using the red specifically at nighttime to help protect and improve my sleep, which we know is important for literally everything. And as I've been getting to bed earlier, I find that I wake up earlier so much better. Like I naturally am waking up so early, like with or before the sunset, which is awesome. Cause I just feel like you have so much more time in the day. You can start the day on your note as somebody who doesn't have a set schedule. Like, could I sleep in till nine? Yeah. Have I ever, I rarely do that, but like nine is an exaggeration but I could. So I really enjoy that my body naturally wakes up, um, but I'm getting enough sleep and I'm feeling rested and recovered. And we also want to remember that when we're considering things like hormones and metabolism and fat loss, your body's pre- replenishing hormonal reserves at nighttime. So that's when you really want to be like protecting your sleep I mean, not only just when you're trying to make progress, but like in general, like as a woman, we need more sleep than men. We really want to be prioritizing that. So nighttime routine is huge because that's going to help just avoid the second cortisol can be really, really disruptive. 
Now, I know we're jumping all over the place, but I do kind of want to just recap some content that I've shared recently on my email list and in stories on Instagram that I found really helpful and that I got a lot of feedback on. And one of them was five strange things that I do for my hormones. And they may not be strange if you're like a follower, if we're buddies, but they do seem countercultural to what is normal these days, like especially in the media, in the fitness culture. And I've found that I've just started to identify less and less and less with like being, you know, a fitness influencer. Do I enjoy all, a lot of the things that go alongside that? Yes. But I am also just become such an advocate for like listening to your body and going with your body's like actual biological desires and needs and ebbs and flows. So number one, and there's five of these. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle them off rapid fire. Number one, eat more carbs the week before my period, right? Our metabolism is higher in this phase, and so is cortisol. So in to avoid compounding stress, this is not the time to be restricting food. And especially if you have cravings for things like carbs or chocolate, right? We need more minerals. We need more fuel. We want to increase. And this is also dual because carbs help blunt the cortisol response. So you kind of get you know, a double whammy. It's a win-win. So I eat more carbs a week before my period. I love to do lots of sweet potatoes. I love to do lots of root veggies. You know, if you want some sourdough bread, if you want some chocolate, if you want things like that, keep your blood sugar balanced, but go for it. I'm telling you, I feel so much better when I do because my progesterone levels have skyrocketed from where they used to be. Like God bless America. Second thing, I mostly just walk for my cardio. And this is something I will say this past month, I did a um, trial with a friend at a burn boot camp, which is basically just like six days a week. They have classes all day long. You can go as often as you want. And around ovulation, I love doing intense cardio because I used to be a circuit girly. I was a BBG girly, but due to where our hormones peak, we can handle more stress there on other, in other phases, like around after basically ovulation, I find my energy levels and my nervous system cannot with the intense cardio, with the hit, with the circuit training, right? I like to do walking. I like to walk like 10 to 15 step K steps a day. That is my bread and butter. My body feels so good when I walk. Honestly, the more I walk, the better until it's to the point where I can't recover. And then I'm like, Elsie, go sit down. <laughs> but we really like we can capitalize on the intense exercise at a certain point. But that's why understanding and knowing where you're at in your cycle is really crucial. Because if you're dreading a workout and you're like, oh my gosh, doing hit or doing intense cardio or even long endurance cardio sounds like actual death right now, there's probably a reason for that, right? It's probably your hormones. It's probably your physiology telling you no. So just pay attention to that. There's a time to push. There's a time to pull back. There's a time to, you know, like test the limits and really focus on building muscle when testosterone comes into play around ovulation. There's a time to focus on honoring progesterone and slowing down and doing other types of progression in your training levels. Number three, I like to, and I really emphasize eating a protein, carb, and fat at every single meal, even if I don't feel like it. This avoids putting stress on our adrenals, on our liver, on our endocrine system to have to balance things out for us. Balancing our blood sugar and our insulin levels is actually like the root of any hormonal imbalance. If you have dysregulated blood sugar, you cannot balance out your other hormones. You will have high cortisol. You will probably have dysregulated estrogen and progesterone, right? Blood sugar, number one. Number one, the easiest way you can do that is eat your veggies first, have a protein, carb, fat, and fiber at every single meal. I'm telling you right now, it'll change your life. 
Number four, I don't consider coffee a meal and I do not have it before or without food because that's going to spike your cortisol levels and drop your blood sugar after. And that's going to feel terrible. You're going to get hypoglycemic. You're going to have this roller coaster all day. You're going to feel brain fog. You're going to feel like you need to take a nap or you're going to be shaky and jittery. We don't need that, right? That's not a meal. I know a lot of influencers are going to be like, I fast until 12 p.m. and I don't have anything but coffee. Okay, sister, we'll get back to me in six months when your cortisol is sky high and we're dealing with a slew of other issues, right? We don't want to do that to ourselves. That will create and compound chronic issues. Number five, I wear castor oil packs several nights a week. I know I've talked about this like to the ends of the earth, but these castor oil packs are my best friend. They are like my best friend. Who holds me at night? Castor oil packs. It actually does help produce um, oxytocin because I feel like it's really comforting. But anyways, they are really good for your liver health, right? Detoxification. We love detoxification naturally. Our liver actually makes up 10 to 12% of our metabolisms. If you didn't know that, now you do. And it helps keep our hormones balanced because hormones go through the liver. Some are produced, but some are just processed in the liver. So we actually want to make sure that we are not burdening our liver and that she's decongested, she's nice and clean and she's moving through things through. That's super important to just all sorts of hormonal balance, digestion, like you name it, the liver is, she's in there, she's in the weeds. So all of those things, five things I do that my hormones love that you might find strange or you might be doing them already. If you're kind of a crunchy girl like me, you're already probably checking those boxes. Bonus, I also hydrate with minerals every day. And I talk a lot about hydration because remember, water is not a hydration alone, right? We need adding, we need to be adding in minerals. We need to be adding in sodium, magnesium, potassium, because those are the spark plugs in our body that actually let your body utilize the water, but they also play a significant role in hormone balance, energy production, cellular function overall, like just systemically in your body, you need a ton of minerals and a lot of things deplete them, right? Stress, caffeine, dysregulated blood sugar levels, training, sweating, like you need minerals just to function. So when it comes down to it, you probably need to be adding something in every single day. And I supplement I personally actually have switched. I, I really like Ultima, but I added in I've been doing some element packets, which have a bit more sodium, and I actually really like them. So that's my little side note about hydration, a little bonus there. I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you could share this, love that for you. Love that for me. If not, I'm so glad you're here. And honestly, I enjoy these. The solo episodes are a little bit weird because I do feel like I, I mean, (laughs) If you knew me and you know I live alone, I just rant to myself. I talk to myself all day long. Like if someone was following me around with a camera, so not normal. So not normal. But these kind of solo episodes, I feel like just get me like really thinking, wow, Elsa, you are sitting here talking to yourself for 20 minutes. But I appreciate you guys. Catch you in the next episode.